Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were, in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. Hey, hey, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, huh? hey, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry yes. to interrupt your little speech there. Um, uh -huh. Yep. What is this music? Uh, it, don't, it'll, it'll make sense. Just, just give it a moment. Just give it a moment. It'll make some okay. sense. Okay, it's just, it's really abrasive. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. You hear the music? Sorry, it, it'll make that? sense. What yeah, do you mean? Do you what do you mean it? it'll make? How is this, how is this making sense? Close your eyes. Okay. Okay. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior, which is Christ the Lord. I mean, I'm hearing what and, you're saying. Yeah. I just like I. This seems completely disconnected from anything at all, Christian or biblical. It's, it's a hymn. It's a hymn. Or of even God. Christmassy. No, it's this. It's, uh, this it's MIDI hymn. track is a hymn of God. MIDI. This dissonant baseline is a hymn of God. MIDI, you should let the Holy Spirit enter you. MIDI, you All right, should. don't get cute with me. And this shall be a Let's sign. Explain what the hell's you. going on with this music. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host playing a song like this and saying... I get it. I get what's going on here. Huh? This what's is, going on? This is hell. This is, I have sinned in huh? my life and I died and I am in hell. And that involves hearing this sort of vaguely, you know, spiritual thing and then also this, being subjected to this music at the same I'm, time. No, this is this is the the one song God wrote himself. This song is this is the one. Look, I'm sorry I cheated on my taxes, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> I took some deductions I wasn't entitled to. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, oh, now I gotta suck your cock. <laughs> what? No. Don't. Nobody's asking you to do that. <laughs> We stack oxen on our heads and carry baby Moses past giant spiders in unlicensed NES game Bible adventures. This week on How Did This Get Played? Welcome to How Did This Get Played, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest and wonderfulest video games of all time. I'm Nick Weiger, along with Heather Ann Campbell. I'm Heather Ann Campbell, along with our producer, Matt Apodaca. Ho, 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 everyone. Ho, 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 everyone. <laughs> and I didn't prepare anything for this, so I'm going to say, and welcome back, bucket of snow. <laughs> <laughs> Edge of a reindeer's <laughs> antler? <laughs> 
Uh, guys, we have a truly execrable game to discuss this week that is Christmas themed. <laughs> um, but uh, before we do that, before you know what, this is interesting because we have a we have a Christian themed game, but it is very much a hellish gameplay experience. Hmm. And so we are very much descending into gaming hell metaphorically. But before we do that, it is time, as we always do, to first spend seventy seconds in gaming heaven. Matt, count us off. Go for it. Two big things for me this week, guys. One, I beat Miles Morales. All right? Wow. Beat Miles Morales. It is uh, the first game that I think I've completed since quarantine started that wasn't for the show. Mm. Uh, I think. I might have beaten one other one, but um, I have returned finally to Final Fantasy Remake, which has been on my can't wait to get back to it, playing it excitedly. I'm, I'm so happy to be there. And guys, when I this so when I played Final Fantasy for the first time in March, I had just come off of boxing. Uh, I was boxing two times a week or two times a day, every day a week. I was in the fittest fucking shape of my life. And I was like, fuck, I could look like Cloud. I could get that body. And now I, no joke, uh, the, I, I am Wedge. And seeing, <laughs> seeing my, see, like... I, I have a bit that I do with my girlfriend where I take out my stomach and I put it over the back of a chair and it hangs like loose pizza dough. Um, that's the kind of love we have. That's, wow. That's the shape Time's of it. Time's up. Yes! <laughs> wow. Wow, your, your co-hosts are already two wedges. So <laughs> we're adding a third wedge to the dynamic. This we'll see how that works. All wedge, all the time. <laughs> mm. Um. I, I I'm really excited to hear what, to talk about you when you finish that game. I know the time for discussing good games is up, but uh, I I loved it, and I'm I'm interested as an FF7 fan to hear your take when you when you finish the remake. Well, I I said this to you guys on text today. I'm astonished at after playing Miles Morales that the graphical fidelity of Final Fantasy Remake seems like worse. Uh, even I'm playing it on PS5. Interesting, and it just doesn't have that shine that Miles Morales did. Hmm. It feels like a cheap game in comparison, which is bonkers because that game, Final Fantasy Remake, cost them like, what, $200 million or something to make? But like all the textures are a little bit blurry in the background and like you get up close to stuff and it's it's a little bit chunky and you're like, oh shit, this is the generational difference. It's the it's the world fidelity. The main characters are indistinguishable. I mean, like, Cloud looks as good as Miles in most circumstances. But the world itself has so much more richness and detail and light um, in that Spider-Man game. I, I, I'm really excited about the video gaming future, guys. Mm-hmm. Real excited. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> but it's time now <laughs> to get into the video game past. And to help us with that, our guest today, we're thrilled to have him, an actor and comedian from the podcast The Neighborhood Listen and Freedom, Paul F. Tompkins, PFT. Welcome to the show. Oh, wedge number four reporting for duty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul, uh, we're, we're very excited to have you, uh, of course. Uh, now, I, I, I believe that People who follow you on social media are aware of this, but you are a gamer. You're someone who plays video games recreationally. I, yes, I don't do it for money. I only do it. 
I only do it for the love. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've I've been playing video games since the first console I ever played on. Well, like the first video game I ever played was probably an arcade game. It was probably Asteroids or something. And then um, my brother-in-law got an Atari uh, when Atari was a new thing. And I was fascinated by it. I wanted I I wanted to be over there all the time. Uh, eventually, we got one for Christmas one year. Um, and I absolutely loved it. I had a weird experience where a friend got one of those uh, plug-in consoles that has like ancient games in it. And one yes. of them was Adventure. Um, oh, yeah. And I, it was like the craziest purest muscle memory i got through that entire i got through the whole thing <laughs> in like 30 seconds i just re- it, it was just like happening it was just like the little square i was moving that little square through this room i know i go up here get the magnet you know all that wow. shit i couldn't <laughs> believe it it was really wild and then um i was big in uh big on goldeneye um was like the next big gaming thing that i remember um uh, and around that time, we were working on uh, Mr. Show when that game came right. out. For whatever reason, this this the, we had we we had this one season. I think it was the third season was split up into two halves. And so the second half, we were in. We had access to this bungalow that was formerly used by I think the Keenan Ivory Wayans writers when he briefly had a late night show. Yes. And then in between our seasons, that show got canceled. They were all gone. So we had this bungalow that we could use while we were filming. And somebody brought in that had a huge TV and somebody brought in a fucking Nintendo and we played Goldeneye in between um like while we we were rehearsing and we also, because our, our season was split up, we had, a, we had a totally different crew, like different stage managers. These people hated us because all they, <laughs> we would wait until, we were like little kids. We would wait until the last possible second to go literally like 20 feet to the studio. We were in this bungalow. We just had to walk across the parking lot to the studio. And we were like, uh-huh, yeah, uh, we'll be right there. And she would, <laughs> I remember her standing in the doorway like, she couldn't believe what disrespectful, unprofessional assholes we were being. But it was like, we've been doing the show for a while. We knew how much time we had. And, you know, and we were like, we were the writers and producers of the show. Like we, right. you know, like Bob and David were sitting there playing the game. You know what I mean? So it was <laughs> it was really weird. And I'm sure that we left those those people with a, a horrible impression of all of us that nobody else would have gotten from uh, you know, in terms of professionality, um, uh, and I feel bad to it to this for it to this day, but <laughs> that that was the power of that game. Um, and then when when the Xbox came out, I was an Xbox guy. Uh, we used to I used to participate in these huge Halo parties. Hmm. Um, uh, like fellow, land parties? Yo, yeah, fellow uh, uh, Mr. Show writer Jay Johnston, we would have it at his house where we would, where people would bring television sets and Xboxes so we could be all in the same building in different rooms and playing, uh, you know, 16 person uh, capture the flag games. And it was, we did that for like a an entire summer, leaving when it was getting light out, you know, just like 
people are, we would just eat pizza and drink beer and smoke. And it was, it was insane. And we did it for such a long time every weekend. And it was, it was like, you would go home and the game would be in your head. Like you'd be yeah. on the road and you'd be seeing it like you were seeing Halo. And it was, which was, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't be doing that. Um, and then I just got my uh, my first PlayStation. I got a PS5, uh, which oh, I hooked wow. up. I haven't hey. played anything on it yet, but I just hooked it up. So I'm now uh, one of those two console people. Wow. Yeah, that was that when I when I crossed that threshold when I and for me that was the the PlayStation Nintendo 64 era when I when I finally got a second console. I've been all Nintendo up to that point. That then it was then it was just no going back. From yeah. that point forward it was just like I was buying basically uh, uh, eventually accumulating everything. Mm-hmm. Um but you were you, were you so were you gravitating more towards first person shooters and those was that your genre for a while with GoldenEye yeah, and Halo? I, I, I like RPGs and, and uh, um, you know, my favorite, some of my favorite games are Bioshock, Bioshock series, um, Dishonored, I loved. Um, and now I, I my my most recent favorite, and I, I think is an absolutely beautiful game, is Red Dead Redemption 2, um, mm. to the point where I can't stop playing it online. Like, the when the, they keep, like, you know, providing these this dumb extra content that's really not that great but it's a new thing and so i will keep going back and you know uh, uh going up the ranks of whatever bounty hunter naturalist whatever it is um because i just love that world so much i love how open right. it is and you know it it's it's it scratches a lot of itches for me that game i i i just love it can i ask so i've never played other than like dabbling for like five minutes, Grand Theft Auto Online, and I've never played Red Dead Redemption Online. What yeah, is either. the core? Like, do you just run around or is there like, I'm taking on this inside of the world, there is a smaller game and I'm yes. playing that game. It's that, so like, yeah, there, what, are, there are little what? tasks. Um, there's there's a very brief, um, there's a very, very brief story mode online. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you're done with that, you have... Uh, different uh, roles that you take on. So you can be a bounty hunter where you're collecting different bounties. Um, you go, you know, you go all over the map to find these people and, and bring them in for a reward. You have um, the trader uh, role, which is you are selling goods to other areas. So you can do like short trips. You can do long trips. If you do a long trip, you're now vulnerable to other players on the map. So if anybody else feels like it, they can come and kill you and steal your shit. Um, There is a, uh, the naturalist role is the most recent one where they introduce these uh, legendary animals that you have to hunt and, uh, and you have to you 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 have to sedate them, take a sample. Um, you have to take a picture of them, uh, and then if you want to, that's that's to deal with the the naturalist boss, who's this woman Harriet that you bring all this stuff to and you sell the, you sell these things to her. Um, she doesn't like it when you kill animals, um, but if you want to complete them, you do have to kill them at some point. And if you mm-hmm. kill enough animals in a row and then go visit Harriet, she will spray you in the face with some weird drug. <laughs> Because she's mad at you, which causes you to pass out, and then she's locked for a while. So it's it, it takes her a while to forgive you. Um, I was a little disappointed <laughs> that the the strange drug did not cause something to happen. Right. Um, it literally is like you just get uh, essentially like roofied in the face, and then um, 
<laughs> and then her door is locked. Like you can't go visit her anymore. To be fair, most roofing does take place in the face. I don't know that. Sure. There's a lot of, is that, I can say you that because I've been roofied, so it's okay. It doesn't, I, I thought it like took place right. in the tummy and the head. <laughs> can I just say, just to return to it, as a fan of Mr. Show and a gamer, the idea of you and Jay Johnston having a land party to play Halo is mind blowing. <laughs> like, just like that's such a crazy like early two thousands time capsule. Yeah, it was wild. It was really like uh, there was a reunion that I was not able to take. I was very disappointed. I was on the road and I was not able to take take part in it. But they got pretty much everybody back uh, from those days. Um, and. I, I mean, I I can't believe that we did it for as long as we did it. And Jay lived with his uh, then girlfriend. And I can't believe that she allowed it to happen for as long as like she would. <laughs> she would essentially she would like say hi at the at the beginning of the evening. And then she would just go in the bedroom and uh, like live her life. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> we never we would never see her for the rest of the evening. And I she was very, very cool about it. Um, but uh yeah, we would we would play for hours and hours and hours and hours and and we were some of us were really good and mm-hmm. four of us the four of us who were considered the be- <laughs> the best players one time entered a Halo uh tournament uh here in Los Angeles and we were <laughs> destroyed by some children. It was humiliating. <laughs> like so fast. Like so fast. Man, that that really tracks with my tournament experiences, which is like you be hot shit at your local arcade and you yeah. enter in a into a tournament and like some human destroys you in a way that you're like, how 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 are you re- reacting this quickly yeah. to anything that's happening? Um, I think I've told this story on this podcast before of me going into an arcade in Akihabara in Tokyo and being like, I'll play some Street Fighter 3 and dropping infinite amount of money into the machine and not losing or not winning a single round against a dude who looked annoyed that I was playing the game. Like, just, <laughs> like there was no like, 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 Oh, what a, this is cute. You know, like smile yeah. and like a little bit of an elbow, just like smoking a cigarette hunched over, like not even making eye contact <laughs> on like round 60 for him. Like just yeah. like infinite time. That uh, I've been running in no Nick me. I've been uh <laughs> <laughs> I've learned it's best to just take command in these Zoom situations. There's a lot of talk over talk. Right. I feel like the best yeah. thing you say, no, me first, then you. Um <laughs> I playing Red Dead Online, there's a lot of people that there's 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 two types of players. Most people you see other people, maybe you acknowledge them. Most of the time you don't. Everyone's going about their business, doing their little tasks or whatever. Then there's other people that just like to go on and shoot people for no fucking yeah. reason. Hmm. I there was there was like um and and the thing is you get these ranks, right? Which make you kind of more uh, uh, they, I think they, they contribute to your, inv- your relative invincibility as the game goes on. And so the high, when it, fr- when it first started online, the highest rank was a hundred and you would unlock all these different things as you went along. 
Now it's just you keep going up in rank. You don't get any new thing, but you just keep attaining levels. And so I I think I'm at like 160 now, something like that. Lord. And the other day I'm on there. I'm just trying to go into my moonshine shack and, and brew up another batch of moonshine to sell uh, to some weirdos. And these guys, like it was two guys that kept shooting me before I could get in the door. <laughs> and then I always engage in a thing where it's like, okay, I'll I'll – I'll just keep like shooting you back until one of us decides we're not going to do this anymore. Right. And then I would look up the the players and these guys were like, their rank was in the three hundreds or something. It's like, is this right. fun for you? Like there's two of you, first of all, of course you're, of course. Like, but I did that. It does make me feel like a sense of victory. If I can, if I can bean one of these guys and pick them off before the other one kills me, I'm like, at least I'm making it a little bit more difficult for you. But I just don't like that kind of play. I just don't find I, it's it's just shitty to me, you know? And also their, their, their group name was like sons of Odin or something like that. I'm like, Oh, these guys are white supremacists. <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> the people who like, I, I agree that, that the people who I just like their, their online gaming experiences, I just want to grief people. I just want to yeah. get on and, and I just want to bully people and make sure they're having a bad time. It's like, it's like if your hobby was just like standing in front of a mailbox, it's just like, why? Why are you, are you just trying to inconvenience and upset people for no reason? But yeah. I guess for, I think for some people it is genuinely like they're just kids, right? These are like teenagers who are they like better this be. Is like they funny. better be. These are these are these are gentlemen in their like late forties with good careers, <laughs> like a, excellent family life. They have they have a, a car and a, a, two cars, two car garage. They're like just living it large. And they load up Red Dead Redemption because this is their only joy. I got to all dox the these rest guys. of it is just like artifice. <laughs> I got to dox them. I got to dox them all. Um, I, I, I want to ask you real quick about because the Bioshock, uh, your Bioshock fandom. I, I remember you mentioned on Doughboys, and mm. and I've only played Bioshock one. Uh, but uh, where wait, like how do you wait, rank what, the what series? Is the, uh, don't the, worry about it. Okay. Yeah, don't don't worry about it. Is this like a show that you listen <laughs> to? It's not important ever. Don't worry about it. Okay. You don't need to know about this. Is it on TV? Will you tell me if it's on TV? Like, is it like uh, something I can find on television? You can you can play it on a TV. Oh, so, great. Uh, cool. It was so almost Paul, on TV once. Yeah. Then <laughs> someone put the kibosh on that. <laughs> Uh, you you so uh, where like how do you rank the series and and why I guess just more generally like why is it a, a game series that speaks to you why is it a game series you're you're such a fan of I loved the um the the world of it I loved mm -hmm. the uh, the look of it it's extremely stylized and there was something about the idea of this this uh this city being sunk. Uh, there was supposed to be this utopia that was built under the under the sea. Um, that appealed to me. Like I love, I love nautical stuff. I love, I love the ocean and uh, like this, 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 this idea that this crazy, uh, you know, Ayn Rand type uh villain built this undersea kingdom for himself. Uh, I don't know. It just it. Everything about it appealed to me. I love the the big daddies. I love the yes. like it's wild. It's a wild game. I really loved it. And it's it's creepy and spooky and and but not so 
it's not so creepy and spooky that it 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 freaks you out. I know this is a concept that Heather can't understand, but uh, <laughs> uh, um, it it has just enough like kind of uh, you know sort of nineteen fifties surreality to it, you know. Yes. Um, that it's and and the fact that you're playing this sort of weird enigma of a character, um, you don't know much about yourself at all as you're going through this. Um, the plasmids, like I don't know, it. I I thought it was a, a wildly imaginative game. I really really enjoyed it, and um, and I liked the uh, the, I really liked the sequels too. Like I I recently, uh, maybe a year or two ago, replayed them all like in order. Bioshock 2 was a lot better than I remembered. I I, mm. I remember kind of thinking it was kind of a weak um, follow-up, but I really enjoyed it a lot more on a second playthrough. And Bioshock Infinite, I think, is a beautiful game. Um, and the the idea of taking it from under the sea to up in the sky is like a such a simple twist that and they what they did with it I thought was great. I really liked it a lot. I did feel like the first Bioshock was a complete thought. Like, Mm -hmm. even if, you know, like, it's very rare that an IP will drop and it will be an absolutely complete thought. Even if you are like, oh, there's what was the word they were throwing around at the time? Ludonarrative dissonance. Like, there's like, there's you know, there's like some issues of like how you're praised depending on your actions in the game, et cetera, et cetera. But there, there was still this feeling of like, oh, shit, this is a whole thing, like a Mm -hmm. whole thing with like act act structure in the storytelling itself and like reveals in the storytelling that complement the visual identity of the game. Like it really felt like something. Um, and it's, it's rare that that happens. I feel like, yeah, you know, like I'm really excited to play cyberpunk tomorrow, but cyberpunk, you look at it and you're like, I've seen this and I know what it is, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm excited to like drop off in like blade runner light and that'll be fun. (laughs) But, but, Bioshock, you, 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 there aren't like movies that you could like cite that are like Bioshock, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think I mean definitely the uh, the idea of like a, a libertarian utopia that fails is like such like oh that feels like that's new just narrative ground like just that's just like an interesting concept so for sure yeah whereas cyberpunk I feel like it's just going to be like the future is fucked. <laughs> it's like all right, sure. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, we should get into this week's game, Bible Adventures. I don't know why that was so funny to me. <laughs> the future is fun. <laughs> that's, like, that's like the way the ad ends. And people like, yeah, exactly. say that yeah. on television. Yeah. What? It's like the first time somebody has fucking a commercial. Dicks out, gentlemen. The future is fucked. <laughs> this is a got milk ad? <laughs> So Bible Adventures, uh, Heather, was an unlicensed game released in 1991 for NES by Wisdom Tree originally. Yes, uh, it was uh, released in 1991. Uh, It is a Christian video game, although the entire 
content of the game takes place in the Old Testament. Other <laughs> video games that were released in 1991 include Street Fighter 2, The Legend <laughs> of Zelda Link to the Past, Super Castlevania, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Bible Adventures for the <laughs> NES yeah. and for the Mega Drive and PC. Uh, it is consistently on lists of the worst games ever made, <laughs> sometimes ranking in the top 10. Uh, the gameplay is split into three modes. You have Noah's Ark, Baby Moses, and David and Goliath. The mm -hmm. gameplay itself is deeply reminiscent of Super Mario Brothers 2 US, which was Doki Doki Panic in Japan, where you pick up things uh, and then bring them to other places or throw them at stuff. Guys, this, uh, this game, this is, <laughs> this is some rough play. Yeah. It, it's is, truly uh, bad. The, it, it's truly wretched. My, my notes, wretched. I wrote two notes mm -hmm. on this game. Two notes. Uh, one it's very funny to me that you would go to all of this length to create a Christian unlicensed video game so that Christian households could be like, you can play this game, kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then relegate the gameplay to absolutely absurd reinterpretations of the Bible. You get like <laughs> yes. the full text of a Bible verse mm -hmm. and then Noah lifts a cow over his head mm -hmm then stacks a horse or a sheep on top of that and delivers yeah. them into his ark. There's only like 10 or 12 animals that you can collect. Uh, and it's, it, 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 I, I, I can't even, it's so, it's so bad. And I think yes. we probably played the music in the opening if we went with the opening that oh. I thought. Um, but the, the music is the same for every single level of the game. Uh, in Baby Moses, you have to deliver uh, Baby Moses to the end of the Nile. You just carry a baby through the length of a level. You can't kill any of the enemies who are all trying to hurt you. Uh, and then in David and Goliath, you, you're you hurting sheep. Uh, I didn't. Yes. Every time, I'm sorry, every time I would come back to the menu, I was like, Wait, which one is David and Goliath again? Because I don't yeah. remember there being a Goliath. And then I realized, oh, it's the, one, it's the other sheep one. Yeah, yeah. it's you it's a the David and Goliath is is so because I played them in sequence and um uh at, at, when I was playing through that this time and you know this you play time. through Noah's Ark. You, <laughs> well, I'll, I have a history with this game, which I'll get oh! to. Um, oh. <laughs> This but is the I played game that Noah's made Ark. Nick a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> then Baby Moses, and and both of those are very like they're they're nonviolent. But like I'm like okay, I I understand why these are nonviolent. They're meant to be like these are tasks. I'm I have I have I'm I'm you know wrangling animals for the ark. <laughs> I am escorting this baby. I get why these are why I don't have an attack, but you get so you get to David and Goliath. You're like, great, I get to fuck up Goliath. This is finally some action. One would and no, it's just a worse version of Noah's Ark. You're just herding sheep again. <laughs> it's so it's such a disappointment. Um, but I, I guess I'll, I'll get to it this way. I'll, I'll, I'll address this now because I just brought it up. So I played this game as a kid. 
Uh, I was not raised in a very Christian household. My parents were Episcopalian. I went to church on Sundays. You know, it's kind of a standard, uh, very mainstream religious upbringing, but not super religious. But I did have a good friend, uh, one of my best friends in elementary school, who was an evangelical. And his parents were evangelical. And so I was exposed to a lot of Christian media and via his dad, some gay porn. Uh, But that's another layer. Anyway, so so. So, uh, you know, I, I went to, I, I, I just uh, consumed a lot of it and it's all usually very, very bad. And this is no Sorry, exception. consumed a lot of. A, a lot of Christian media. Sorry. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I consumed a lot of Christian media and it, it's for the most part, you know, like Christian rock, Christian rap, um, uh, you know, Christian movies, even like like uh, like Christian Christian like novels. They're all just like shittier versions of the mainstream stuff. Uh, but they have a built-in audience, and that's very much the case for this game. This game, despite sucking, despite being absolutely borderline unplayable, sold 350,000 copies back in the day, a massive blockbuster, and sold them solely through Christian bookstores because it was not an officially licensed Nintendo product, so they could only sell them like direct through Christian outlets, and Christian parents would go to, like my friend's mom and dad, would go to a, a Christian bookstore. Um, They'd go to Lighthouse, and they'd see a a, a video game for their son's Nintendo uh, that was about the Bible and they'd buy it. And that's how my friend ended up with it. Uh, so Bible Adventures came on a on a weird like powder blue cartridge because it was not officially licensed. And I remember playing this as a kid. The only one I remember playing was Baby Moses because my friend said it was the good one. <laughs> and playing through them again now, I think it is the closest to being an actual game of the three of them, right? Because you pick up a baby, you, you kind of platform through a level, you avoid enemies, you get to the end of a level, you get a congratulations scene. Each of the five levels, and there's only five levels, is a little bit different. It, it actually kind of feels like a game. The other ones are just like, there's just nothing to them. Well, it's, it's religious Yoshi's Island. Like, you just start delivering. Yes, 100%. Baby Mario is baby Moses and you just got to get him into the end of the level and hand him off to another Yoshi. The other level, the other levels are just errands. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> I, it occurred to me while playing this, this unlicensed game bypasses the lockout chip on the NES by, by creating a voltage spike so that the game can be run. The act of playing the game is committing a sin. Like in right. order to play the game, you have to break the law, which is such an insane way to start a game. If you're a Christian to be like, well, I do have to ask for forgiveness for this. Well, you, but also render under Caesar. What is Caesar's? Um, <laughs> Nick, I have, to, I have to ask. Wait, what? Yeah. Did, your, <laughs> did your, what other games did your friend have? So he had beyond this, he had like just normal Nintendo games like, you know, uh, Super Mario Brothers three. I remember playing this game. How was it called? Like Astyanax, something like that. It was some side scroller uh, that had a weird like sounding non, you know, non word fantasy name like that. But this was this one I remember, and I remember even like bringing it to my house and playing it on my Nintendo. And yeah, it's just, you know, it's it's back when you don't have the discerning critical eye. You're just a kid. So you're just like, this game is hard. You aren't like, mm-hmm. oh, this game is poorly designed and the physics are awful oh, right, and the control right, is right. terrible, you know, and 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 you know it, it feels like your every surface is like uh, is is like your ice skating. It's it's you don't quite have. I, I just remember it being difficult to play. Um, a little bit more about the developer. So you mentioned Wisdom Tree, uh, Heather. 
So Wisdom Tree specialized in unlicensed Christian games, but before they were Wisdom <laughs> Tree, they were a company called Color Dreams. And Color Dreams was just a normal NES publisher of of moderate success. Uh, they had games like Captain Comic, Challenge of the Dragon, Menace Beach, and Mission Cobra, uh, which all sound like direct-to-video, like, you know, Steven Seagal movies. And so they... <laughs> They were, they were, uh, they, they just basically opportunistically, purely out of like just craven, you know, financial gain, they, they flipped to becoming a Christian games company and it worked. <laughs> and so there is like a level of like what you were saying, Heather, of like they, you bypass the, uh, the copy production, you bypass the, uh, the, the, the Nintendo chip, whatever the fuck it was called, so that you could, the uh, 10 so NES. That, yeah. The, you, you bypass that chip. There's something to just like that's this is like this is like a, an old grift. This is like you pander to evangelicals with some slipshod product, and you break all the rules to do so, and you profit handsomely. I mean, that's like that's like 2020. That's like our past four years. We've just mm -hmm. been seeing that same same shit. It's just like classic American grift. Yeah. What's great yeah. is that a lot of Christians don't pay too much attention. Um, and th what makes so much sense to me about this game is that it's a, it's a Christian game that's entirely about the Old Testament because that's what a lot of evangelicals loves. They love the Old Testament, um, which is the wrathful God. The yes. only thing they like from the New Testament is Jesus, and the only thing they like about him is that he said the only way you can get to heaven is being a Christian. Yeah. That's, that's it. So it's, this is perfect. It's like, this is a beautiful game. It's got Noah's Ark, David and Goliath, Moses, and it has nothing, it has nothing about loving anybody. It has nothing about no. doing good works. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should, uh, Heather, you mentioned the music. We should, we should play it here because okay. the fact that this is the only track that you have in the entire game is, it's just so mind numbing. Matt, can we hear a little bit of this? Yeah, here we go. Good luck, Devin. <laughs> this is the only the only sound created in the game is this. Whether you are gathering animals, rescuing baby Moses, or facing down Goliath by collecting sheep, this, <laughs> this is the sound of the Lord thy God. <laughs> I can't even find a song in it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you know, you know that you have that you have that thing where it, like it clicks in. And you're like, oh, I, I now I get the pattern. This is just like, is it the same every time? I don't, I don't know that it ever comes back around. It, it's also in like eleven nine as a time signature. It's yeah. like an insane time signature. Here's what's very weird to me is that they didn't need to do this because you know what's royalty free. All hymns. Yes. <laughs> if you're gonna make a religious game, like you can have so many hymns in there. Who cares? You don't have to pay anyone. The title screen does have one song that isn't this. Yeah, that's which it, that's is, right. Is it uh, is it Bell's canon? I can't even remember it, it, it's what a it Bach was. Composition. Yeah, it's one of Bach's religious so compositions. They, they tried. They they spent so much time like like transcribing that into NES so that, that they were like, you also need songs for the levels. And the guy was like, I don't fucking know. And he just like yeah. hit two notes with his fingers. <laughs> Let's reuse the boss theme from Menace Beach. 
<laughs> yeah. Why did they do like honestly? What song sounds more like a video game song already than bringing in the sheaves? Like you could just have that yeah. on repeat over and over again. It would be entirely appropriate for these graphics for the look of the game. No, yeah. you got to hear beep boop pop pop beep boop pop pop so it's it's really awful to 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 listen to and to look at the the art is just so bad i mean you compare it to other contemporary games the ones heather you mentioned these are games that still look great in 2020 sonic the hedgehog street fighter 2 this game looks awful even for its time it looks like the south park parody of what bible adventures would be like the look of the game (laughs) looks like somebody making fun of the existence of the game. (laughs) And like their faces are sort of like um, uh, super dodgeball, like that, like River City Ransom, like they have huge expressions and eyes uh, and they're like little legs wiggle. But it's the the game is like predominantly brown in uh, the Noah's Ark level (laughs) and then like predominantly sand colored in the other ones. Right. Like it's. Yes. David and Goliath is predominantly brown because you're in a forest again. Uh, it's <sighs> the the palette is is very ugly, you know, the the limited colors they have on the on the Nintendo and and even in the Mega Drive port. It's it's just a very ugly smudgy game. I'm sorry, finish your thought, Heather. <laughs> well, you you have all of the colors of of God's creation to work from. Like you could <laughs> this should be a beautiful game. Like it should be like you you're you're with Noah in the forest. There's light coming through the trees. You're gathering the animals. You have this her- heroic task ahead of you. But instead it's like it's really legitimately like the brown of the ark is the same as the brown of the trees is yeah. the same as the brown of the ground. Not even like <laughs> degrees yeah. of change. Um, let me share the box art with you guys, because this is such a great if you haven't seen it, this is such a great contradiction versus the actual art in the game. <clears throat> Look at the glorious majesty oh, depicted here. Fuck you. <laughs> a gigantic <laughs> Moses. A, a, a Noah towering over the ark. David standing over Goliath's corpse with a sling in hand. <laughs> it's just like this amazing like piece of art. That is just how dare you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Noah looks like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like he's semi-transparent. Oh, for like sure, he looks yes. like a force ghost. Wait, is he Noah or is he is that Moses? Why would Moses is only a baby? It might be Moses parting the seas, but I don't know. Oh. Or maybe Moses just isn't represented here. <laughs> well, that's a mistake. I mean, he's a star. <laughs> but but you can see how like someone would look at this box and you yeah. know this back before kiosks or demos someone would just be like sure i'll buy this game this looks fun um but yeah completely completely misleading so the actual gameplay of uh let's see of, of the uh so of the the noah's ark game i just want to talk about this real quick so you're both you're mostly as heather was saying you're stacking farm animals over your heads <laughs> uh the you know you're collecting both cows Male and female cows and male and female oxen. It is specified in the menu. The same animal. 
Um, and oxen are all males, but you know the the game treats them as different different entities. And then you you got to get a female only, bull. Yeah. <laughs> and um and the, the, basically it's just as simple as you walk up to them and you pick them up, except for at least in the first level. Uh, and then the second level, and then I didn't get past the second level because it's it's boring. Um, they're, they're pigs that are slippery. You try to grab a pig, and he slips away from you. So you have to throw a hay bale at them, not so they'll be distracted and eat on it, eat it, but they'll just be knocked unconscious. And then when you knock the pig unconscious, you can pick them up and tote them into uh, the ark. And and that's basically as superficial as the gameplay is. But wait, were um, you able the, to were you able to knock the the pig unconscious with the hay bale? Yeah, you have to pick it up and toss yeah. it at him. What I did was I got it I got it near <laughs> a tree so that they would stop and eat it and then a monkey would knock them unconscious by oh, throwing wow. a, a nut from the tree. Oh wow. I didn't hey, that's got layers of gameplay. More depth well, than I than I understood. <laughs> yeah, I could have used less depth. It would have been great to just throw <laughs> hay bale at them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the second level, the animals get a little bit more exotic. Turtles, pandas, raccoons, blue jays, blackbirds, eagles, and toucans. <laughs> so just like probably just whatever ass animal assets they had left over from previous games, they were tossing in here kind of arbitrarily. Um, but this one, it, it, it's really bad. Uh, uh, Baby Moses, is a, as, I, as I mentioned, I feel like is the most playable. Apparently, I watched a playthrough, and I watched a, a, some speed runs of this game and it's amazing because some of the speed runs of bible adventures are like two minutes and 27 seconds <laughs> like <laughs> there's not much going on here uh but uh, towards the end of david goliath after several levels of collecting sheep you do eventually get a sling and yeah. there is a fight with goliath oh wow and yeah and goliath is just like a bigger version of you uh and you throw one rock at him and he dies he's he's a he's a final boss who dies from a single hit so it's pretty anticlimactic. So it's like you can't, you can't, there's no way to not kill him. I mean, it seems that way, at least from well, what I watched. To, you have to complete the, the Bible task. Like That's you true. have to kill it. You, you can't make the right. Bible not be true. Um, also in the game, there are various tablets you can collect that are that they they both give you health and then they either give you a gameplay tip or they give you a Bible verse when you pick All them. I got was Bible verses. This is so crazy. Like they because they look the same, they are placing look, the when you when you play the game, they're placing press B to pick up an animal on the same level as and low god spoke to like <laughs> it's the same textual it like the same font the same pickup it's like every time you're like is this going to be some gameplay tip or is it going to be the word of the lord like <laughs> yeah well heather they what is scripture but a collection of hacks <laughs> i think you just blew my mind <laughs> They should have just assigned a Bible verse to the gameplay tips, like press B to run <laughs> exactly. faster. Leviticus seven sixteen. <laughs> the Bible. What bothered me about the Bible verses was that they weren't really germane to what was going on in the game. Right. I thought, right, and I assumed it would be like kind of 
you know, at least like maybe taken from the story of Noah while you were playing the Noah's Ark level, that they would have quotes from that. I mean, the the stories are based on Bible stories. Why not put story? Why not? If you because otherwise, what is the point of this? If you're yes. not, if the idea is not to uh, indoctrinate people, but I guess if you're a fly by night organization, that's like, I don't know, throw some Bible in there. <laughs> they love it. Yeah. Then I guess you're not really paying attention. <laughs> like, it doesn't mean anything to you. Yes. I think that's entirely it. They just did. They just flat out did not give a shit. It's everything is just so arbitrary and half-assed. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess we should get to our, uh, to our final thoughts on this, Heather. Uh, it's time for our review crew. So we'll each try to come up with one positive thing to say about this game and then end uh, by giving it a numerical decimal rating. I can begin. Uh, I guess the positive thing I'll say is I like that if you finish a level uh, in the baby Moses, I like if you just don't bring the baby with you, you can still finish a level. And you get the dialogue, good work, but you forgot baby Moses. I think I took a screen cap of that because it really made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they didn't want to program in a fail state. They're just like, ah, fuck it. Just tell them they didn't. Also, they didn't they forgot the baby. It wasn't good work. Like you, No, yeah, was not, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares if you make it to the end alone? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, you know, I, I mean, this was a, so this game being unlicensed, it lacked the Nintendo seal of quality, which was a, a big significant thing back then because that was a, that was meant to be like, this game is not complete trash. And there were a lot of very, very bad Nintendo games for the NES, but uh, you know, the, the whole Nintendo seal of quality, the whole approval process was instituted to because of back in the Atari era, there was so much shovelware and parents were so frustrated that they were just like that all these terrible games were, were overloading the market um, and drowning out anything of any quality. This is like a game because it, it circumvented that process. It's it's extra bad. It's like it's it's as bad, I think, as you can get and still kind of be a game. Um, I, I honestly think because of of how uh, poorly it controls, how flat and um, uh, substanceless the gameplay is, and also just because of what this represents, just like it being a fucking cash grab for, uh, you know, just like, uh, just fucking pulling one over on 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 evangelicals and just like cashing in on just like this, this fucking awful game. I mean, I just like every part of this to me, I think this is maybe the worst thing we've played all year. Uh, so I think my score, I think I'm going to go, I'm going to give this a, this, a, this, a, a, a zero. I'll give this a Bible-esque, uh, Weiger zero colon zero as my score. <laughs> wow. Um, Heather, how about you? So in a video game, you can do anything like you can pro like we can make things float. You can do, you can have powers, you can do anything. So you could render in an NES game the presence of God because shit could happen around the characters. Like they could have like 
some kind of like magical protection or they could hear a voice or like you could like actually represent God in the game. This game I find funny as an atheist because God is not present in it at all. He does not make an appearance in a game called Bible Adventures, the story of his existence. Like, so for for me, uh, as a, you know, as a non-believer, I... I I really enjoy that you're just playing three humans doing insane <laughs> tasks with no like no, not being compelled by like even like a digitized voice that was like go forth and save animals <laughs> like not nothing there's nothing it's just like that crazy music and you're an old man in a robe grabbing a pig um <laughs> I just, the other thing is, so I, you know, I date a a woman, my girlfriend uh, is, is a believer. And she said, don't talk about me being a believer on the podcast. And I said, but any people know that about you, you talk about it in interviews. And she's like, well, don't talk about it. And she's like, you can talk about this conversation, but don't talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to rag on Christian's. I don't do that in the house. Why would I do it on the podcast? And she's like, well, just don't. And I was like, okay. So I feel like I've done a good job of that. Uh, that being said, zero, zero. This game gets a zero. Yeah. <laughs> um, Matt, Matt, what do you think? Uh, so I, I'll say that my positive, I mean, I'll, I have two positive things. Mm. One, I, I just like the idea. I just, any, in any media, when somebody has to catch a slippery pig, I love it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just love to see it. Just the idea of that. What are, what are your top five? It can be from any media. What are your top five catching a slippery pig moments? I, you know, any sort of thing where it's, you know, set at some sort of like county fair or something. Right, like... <laughs> Okay, well, Paul, you got me. I don't have an example, but I guess this is because there's so there are too many to name, and I, I I just love the idea of it. It's very funny. If you had to list your top one instance of someone trying to catch a slippery pig, what would it be? Well, since you got my my back against the wall here, I am going to say Bible Adventure. Okay, okay, okay. My other favorite thing, or my other positive thing, is that it reminds me of the reason for the season. And it's fucking oh, wow. Santa Claus, yeah. baby. I love Santa. Oh, He's not in it either. But if I had to pick between oh, man. Christianity and Santa, I'm picking Santa, baby. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I'm sitting here and sort of thinking about what Heather said earlier about you could put God in the game. And there are God, there are games with gods in them. Famously, God of War has several different gods in it. But that is, made, that is not made by people who take it so seriously that they think that that's real. So it's a little more fun, a little more interesting. Kratos would lay waste to everyone in this game. Uh, so I, uh, you know, as, as a non-believer, I, have to, I simply must give this a negative 666. Hail Satan. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. That's also, going hard. I'm not sure that Kratos could kill baby Moses. I believe he's unkillable in the game. Like, I believe oh. you throw him as hard and as far as you want. He takes no damage. That's you can true. throw him in the river and fail. That's a, that's an insta fail. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Which is weird, also because that's where he belongs. 
You're exactly. supposed to deliver in the him story, to the river. He's supposed to be in the river. <laughs> it's very confusing. Um, all right, PFT, uh, something positive, your thoughts, your score. I will say that the the positive thing comes from a negative. When I first started playing this, I was so annoyed to be playing on a on a laptop. Um, it really bothered me. The 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 controls menu was just about impenetrable beyond the first four commands. I was like, <laughs> when they would say uh, four equals A. I, well, I don't know what A does. <laughs> so there was there was a lot of trial and error and and switching back and forth to to remember. But once I started to get the hang of it, it did give me a little nostalgia for games like that and like games that you couldn't play in the proper thing, but you had to learn how to play in a different way. Um, it was frustrating at times because I'm a terrible typist. And so I would, I would hit the wrong key a lot of the time, uh, while I was trying to hit the right key. But when I, when I got in a, in a rhythm and was getting it, um, like uh, going for a good stretch, it was satisfying just to not be annoyed. So... (laughs) Uh, if I had to give this a numerical score, I would probably give it a zero. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, really, a really poorly, poorly received game there, Heather. But you know what? Maybe we're wrong. Maybe we were wrong, Nick. We've got some reviews from all over the internet um, that present a contrarian opinion to what we've just voiced here on the podcast. Um, I've got one from uh, Amazon.com. It is a five-star review, and it says, This game arrived very quickly. It works great. Hopefully, we can use this as a teaching tool for our children as they become interested in video games. This review was posted in 2016. So let's break down. <laughs> 2016. One, somebody is using an NES in 2016. Two, they went on Amazon and purchased the game Bible Adventures, tested it, and their children are currently too young to be interested in games. So this five star review. It, it, it implies a lot, um, and uh, but but it's a positive review, so maybe we were wrong. Nick, what do you got? I'm guessing that was a grandma situation. <laughs> grandma or grandpa. No, uh, who a, nope. It's no, so hopeful. It's so hopeful. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nick. The, 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 the name of the person who wrote this review is Travis H., so it could be a grandpa. <laughs> But yeah, um, there's name. no grandpa named uh, Travis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a game facts review by Wildcard with a Oosh, Y. This uh, is going to be from, nuts. <laughs> from from uh, this is from August of 2002. Bible Adventures on the 8-bit NES was a groundbreaking title. It has never gotten much press unless you count Christian <laughs> haters attacking it. If you're wanting to play an awesome 8-bit side-scroller, then Bible Adventures is for you. If you are a parent wanting to finally have a good moral-themed game for your children, then Bible Adventures is for you. Who is the game not for? If your heart is filled with hate and you hate goodness, then you will probably not like Bible Adventures. If you hate Christians, then you probably will not like Bible Adventures. 
All others go out and buy this hidden treasure right now. Rating 10 out of 10. <laughs> There's no morals to the game. No, no. No discussion of morality at all. No. Yeah, just as the superficial trappings of Christianity, but there's no messaging behind it. I mean, was there before each story, they slap up a bunch of text that I guess gives you the backstory to what your task is. But I don't know that it even does it even indicate like in the Noah round. Does it even give you an idea of why God is doing this? <laughs> no, it doesn't give much context. And and if you no, go wait, it all does, the way to it does. It says that God is angry and, and oh, okay. like it starts with being like he's gonna destroy the earth. Like it lays it out for you. God is gonna destroy the earth. Collect the animals. <laughs> I guess. But it does it does not say why God is gonna destroy no, the earth. No, no, no. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh do you have any more, Nick? I got another one here. I have one more. Okay, great. This Do you want to read yours? Um, How can you each Amazon? have more than one? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, for people who are expecting an adult game, this is not it. When I was a kid, I was homeschooled, and we always got treats for good report cards. <laughs> this was one of those treats. My and my two brothers would play this game for hours on end. We especially loved Noah's Ark. It was fun, child-friendly, and something we look back on fondly. My little brother and I have both been on a quest to find a working copy and a working NES console so we could play it again. The title of this review, This Game Was Beyond Epic, written in 2014. Wow. <laughs> Man. Five stars. I, I, I have to think there's part of it is this, this, these were kids who maybe grew up in weird households where this was their one game. Yeah. And you just have a, like, a strong nostalgic attachment to it, rather. Like, if you could geotag all these reviews, they come from the Footloose town. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, what, what I loved about that review is that you're homeschooled, but also get report cards. Like, yeah, that's that like, like, that's like, uh, uh, I don't, I feel like that's vestigial at that point. You don't need, like, you're, you're only interacting with one person. They know how you're doing. Who is the report card for? Like it's the teacher is the is the uh, parent. It was like your mom. Show this to your remaining parent. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure they sign it. <laughs> also, if you're the teacher and your one student is doing poorly, doesn't that reflect more on you than them? One like would you think have. So. Yeah, like if you're going to be like, well, my son is failing the class that I'm teaching, doesn't that make you go, maybe it's, maybe it's me? It raises a lot of questions. <laughs> what do you got, um, I have one more. This is actually a negative review, but I like this one. This is short. It's a Game Facts review uh, by username Arcade. Uh, this is uh, from October of 2002. Warning, game does not go along with the Bible. One out of ten. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. It does not go along with the Bible. <laughs> it, it doesn't go along with the Bible, guys. And look, <laughs> Arcade, you may think he's all about games, but he's also about the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I I wish that, so in the story of Noah, there are animals that he leaves behind. Mm -hmm. And I wish that there had been like unicorns and stuff that were trying to trick you yeah. to get onto the, yeah, onto the exactly. ark. Oh, yeah. 
Like that, that would have be been fun. so hype. <laughs> Dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> they speak. <laughs> you know, like a slippery pig just running away, but the dinosaur's like, good sir, I've brought you my cloak and my staff. Would you consider letting me onto your ark? <laughs> what harm have we done to you? <laughs> hey, uh, no, I noticed you uh, left the talking dinosaurs uh, out there. It's kind of like the coolest animal. <laughs> I would have liked you to have made that a priority over the pig. <laughs> so I, I would have brought them on, but it took me three hours to catch that slippery pig. <laughs> it's time for the question block. All right, this one's from at Elizabeth 16 on Twitter, and they write, I recently finished Wind Waker for the first time, and hey. a, a few enemy sounds felt super new and unique, especially the the mini blin and the carg oh cargarok cargarok. This is this is mortifying, Matt. <laughs> well, imagine I mean, how I feel doing this in Matt, front of you. Matt has always ooh. just read the question block for the first time. He chooses yeah, them blindly. Um, well, what, well, I picked it. No, I picked it before, and I do read it because I'm like, oh, that's a good question. But what we are finding out is that I'm just bad at reading. Like I'm not good at reading. <laughs> Wait, do you have the sounds? I want to hear these sounds. I want to hear uh, these so, animals. Okay, so I'm not good at anything either because I don't have the <laughs> sound. Hold, hold on. I'm not good at anything either. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> what is the name of it? What is the name of it? A, a uh, cock, Wind cock Waker. Car, K-A-R-G-A-R-O-C. And then the K-A-R-G-O-C. mini blend. K-A-R-G-O-C. It's, it's one of the first. It's Wind Waker Kakarok sound. Kagarok sound is the first thing when you start typing in Wind Waker K, it brings it up. So, um, you want to play it or should I? Play Let's it. See, I'll, I'll just press play it so then we can... Are you good at this? I can... This I can do. All right. <laughs> nice. It's a bee? It's like a, a bird. Sound? It looks like a like some sort of like bird. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, these like big birds. Wait, the cockrock sound is just a bird? It sounds kind of like a sheep. It's it sounds like that, but it is it is a bird. Are you playing a clip of the sheep from Noah's Ark? No. <laughs> so yeah, it looks like these like just big birds. That sound apparently was not only notable for the person who sent in the question, but also for people on YouTube who made videos dedicated to that sound. They like it. Uh, but huh. to, to to finish off the question here, uh, <laughs> you always... So you, the, the reason they say they like that sound is because you always heard them before they saw them. What NPC slash enemy specific sounds do you love or fear? Ooh, good question. Well, I love that baby crying in PT. Uh, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Yeah, that, that is terrifying. I was going to say, well, while we're talking about crying babies, the crying that we talked about Yoshi's Island earlier, but the mm. crying Mario, crying baby Mario in Yoshi's Island is like such good sound design. And they actually made it intentionally like loud so that you would go and and find baby Mario so that you would know that it was your your priority. 
Um, that's one that sticks out to me. But as far as enemies, as far as ones where you just know that you're you're uh, you're in the shit when you hear that sound approaching. Um, I mean, I guess I, I guess for me, it's it's in my memory because we played Last of Us Part Two this this year. But the clicker sound, just mm. like the just like those those sounds of just like that, you know. Uh, uh, whatever that fungal sort of infection coming out of like a a a, a, a throat is just like so. It, to me, that always just kind of makes me shiver a little bit and, and lets me know that I'm about to enter some sort of combat encounter where I may be in some trouble. As as well as the the that any like honestly all of those uh, those enemies because I feel like the bloaters too. Uh, they're just like they have like like you know when you hear them coming you hear those heavy footsteps and you hear that you know you hear those sounds you're just like oh shit this is gonna get real bad. Hmm. Um, I don't know Heather PFT any other any other uh, enemy sounds any other things come to mind when you're thinking of sound design? I love the sound of uh, the the bears in um, Red Dead um, that there are uh, these gigantic grizzly bears that. Uh, come upon you very quickly uh there's a couple like panthers there's like cougars there's a couple of like big predators that they signal their arrival but only when they're very close and so you don't have a lot of time to react in the bioshock games what something that uh makes those games too scary for me uh is that like you sometimes you can hear like an enemy like very far down like an echoey hallway. Yes. And you you know that there's nowhere for you to go really but that way. And you can yeah. just kind of hear them sort of like rambling and screaming to themselves. And it's always that's always I I mean, that's an answer for sounds I don't like. I hate that. Yeah. That's like one of my least favorite things <laughs> ever. Um you know what's an awesome sound that's uh, uh that's you know it, not like a that that that's a, a UI sound, but it is very much in this context. Is uh, we just had uh, uh, Hideo Kojember, mm-hmm. uh, the the exclamation point sound, the enemy uh, sees you sound in the Metal Gear Solid games. Mm-hmm. That blank, yeah, yeah, that's a great sound. <laughs> yeah, it's a good sound. As long as we're just talking about like good sounds, I really <laughs> like the drum beat that goes on Yoshi when you when you land on him in Super Mario World. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Love Came that. out the same year as Bible Adventures. <laughs> Super Mario. <laughs> also, I think the sound design in Animal Crossing is off the charts. Oh, like yeah. beautiful. Oh, like yeah. the you go into that museum when it rains and you're near the the store, like it because it's a tin roof, it makes a different sound. Like the the attention to detail in that sound design is just really satisfying. Yeah. 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 One hundred percent. There's a there's a there's a lot of that in in Hades, which I'm playing now. I won't talk in, t- in too much depth because I don't want to spoil it for people because I know a lot of people are are just getting into it. But it's uh it's got some really awesome sound design and and music as well. Um, I wish we'd played Hades this week. Uh, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at Get Played Pod or send us an email at Get Played Pod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 616 played. That is 616-275-2933. PFT, Paul F. Tompkins. Thank you so much for being here. We're, we're so happy we got to, to have you on the show. Thank you for um, having me. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan of the show. It was, it was great oh, to be God on with you guys. You. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for saying that. It was great to have you. Great to have you. Uh, what would you like to plug? Uh, in addition to the two podcasts that Nick mentioned at the beginning, I also have uh, a podcast that I do with my wife called Stay of Homekins. We started it during quarantine. We thought we would be done by now, but we're not. <laughs> um, 
And uh, that comes out. We record. We have like a little date night where we uh, right after dinner, we record the podcast. We throw it up on line immediately. You can get it late Friday night. Um, and I also have a um, I'm weirdly enough, uh, the co-host of the official Star Trek podcast, uh, Star Trek, the, the pod directive with uh, the fantastic Tony Newsom. And uh, we just finished our season one, the first, uh, which was nine episodes. They're available to binge now wherever you get your podcasts. And we are recording season two now. Wow. Rad. Check all that out. And uh, and Matt, tell us what's going on for next week. Uh, okay, well, next week, we're doing a special episode. It's, it's our year in review episode. So we'll see you next week. Goodbye, everyone. Happy holidays. Goodbye, Bucket. Edge. <laughs>